1: Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard
2: Nelson, and with me in the studio is Ron Hicks. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate the invitation, as always, to be able to kind of talk about um, uh, topics that are in the news and look at it from a biblical perspective. That's right. And that's so important as we talk about any
1: topic of the day. You know, there's a lot of opinions and a lot of strong feelings out there, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of these strong feelings sometimes are misplaced and really without a, a... starting point, without an idea of absolute truth, without a foundation, uh, we can be full of passion, and we can be mm-hmm. full of strong
2: opinions, but we could, quite frankly, be really wrong. Absolutely wrong. Right? Some of the best advice I got as a young pastor, an older deacon at the small country church so my first pastorate, he came to me and he said, preacher, we don't care what you think. We want to know what the Bible says. That's good. That was good advice. Absolutely, is good advice. You
1: know, as a as a pastor, you are charged with teaching God's word. You're mm-hmm. there to train and to mentor, but to dig into the word and to and to teach the people what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most useful things we can do on the Commonwealth Matters is to delve into tough issues, like we're going to do in just a little bit, talking about the Dreamers. Uh, there's a move to legalize the Dreamers again in Congress. But we're going to talk about that tough issue from a biblical perspective hopefully be grounded in god's word and to unpack the idea of immigration and accepting people who are not uh here legally or how should we think about that biblically is what Mm -hmm, i should mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. so if we veer from that uh i'm open to hearing from the public out there (laughs) anybody Mm -hmm, that wants to get in touch with us can uh, get a hold of us on through the commonwealth policy center website but if we veer from the idea of absolute truth from a a uh, foundation that comes from god uh then we do need to hear from people and you as a pastor need mm-hmm. to hear from your people if you if you start to uh, absolutely
2: absolutely it um, you know some people um try to unpack the golden rule by saying whoever has the gold makes the rules that's not what the scripture says about the golden rule. So yeah, we we do right. have an ultimate authority, and it's the word of God. That's right. So I want to start this
1: with through the framework okay. when we talk about dreamers and immigration policy. I'll unpack
2: that term, dreamers, just for a second. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Talking so about
1: dreamers, who? dreamers are those children or actually young adults <laughs> who. Uh, were brought here by their parents illegally Mm -hmm. uh, through no fault of their own, but they have, by and large, been raised here. They've gone to school. Some have gotten jobs. Uh, they're going on to college in some
2: cases, mm-hmm.
1: and uh, the only thing they don't have is a Social Security
2: number, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not recognized as U.S. citizens. When you say by and large, I think uh, you, were, you were saying that upwards of 72% of these DREAMers are actually enrolled in institutions of higher Th- learning. That's according to a
1: letter that a group of uh, higher education mm-hmm. administrators signed, and they want the DREAMers to be full legal citizens, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, sh- how should we think about that biblically? But what I want to start out with, so now that we have that defined, mm-hmm. what is a dreamer, I want us to start from the context that the America is a nation of immigrants. Oh, absolutely. We're all immigrants. We're all from different ethnicities. Well, most and, of y'all. Well, <laughs> we can even, I know what you're talking about because you have some Native American blood in you. And I would say that even those, <laughs> they came from somewhere uh, yeah, somewhere they, over yeah, in probably absolutely. in Russia. And they cross mm-hmm. that land bridge Very between Straits, Russia and, sure. the, uh-huh. and Alaska. And you made it down here a long, long time ago. But so here's the context. America is a land of immigrants, a mm-hmm. nation of immigrants. And we've always welcomed immigrants and especially those who have been persecuted, those who are fleeing religious persecution or political persecution. We've said, come here. If you want to make a new life for yourself, if you want to pursue a, a new uh Trade. Uh, you want to pursue your calling in life. Where in the previous nation you didn't have that freedom. Right. We welcome
2: you here. And didn't the immigrants used to come through uh, Ellis Island, I where did. where the Statue of Liberty was there? And it, what's that expression? But, uh, the, the the inscription on the on the base of the. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you're referring to Emma Lazarus's
1: famous uh, quote: "Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free." And actually, I've got that uh, right in front of me. Uh, where this is Emma Lazarus's poem, The New Colossus. It says this, Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, With conquering limbs astride from land to land, Here at your sea-washed sunset gates shall stand, A mighty woman with a torch, Whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name, Mother of exiles from her beacon hand, Glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command, The air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame, Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she, with silent lips. And here's that famous line. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door.
2: Oh, wow. That's powerful pretty profound. Yeah, Lady Liberty, obviously, is what... The the poem is referring to the Statue of Liberty standing with the torch guiding the way for folks to come in, and it would seem from this poem and that gift and uh, that that we're saying, send those folks here. Ron, that was
1: uh, first read uh, in 1883, November the second, 1883, a uh, long time ago. But you know, during that time, uh, Eastern European nations were coming here. European mm-hmm. people from European nations were coming here, but it was those lower socioeconomic classes. It was not the people that had wealth and Mm -hmm, resources, mm -hmm. it wasn't the political class, but it was those people that were just grinding it out and they were looking for a new opportunity in life. Now there were people here in this country that didn't like that idea. mm, They saw there was a lot of prejudice against Mm -hmm. immigrants, it was against the Irish, Mm -hmm. against Italians when the Italians came, against the Germans, a lot of Germans came. That's part of my uh, history, family history. we have got a lot of German blood in, in my family. But there were waves of
2: immigrants that came from these other countries looking for a better way of life. You know, they escaped famine, uh, political uh, persecution, religious persecution, and those sort of things. But there was a, a central point where everybody would come. So we as a nation said, yes, we want your tired, your huddle masses, mm-hmm. and all the rest of that. But this is, this is the way that we're going to do this.? That's right. It was usually through Ellis
1: Island. Mm-hmm. there was a process, there was an application. You mm-hmm. had to pass a health test. If you didn't pass that, if you had sickness or disease, you were can probably go back to your own country, right? Uh, you had to pass an English test. You had to learn to speak the language. Mm-hmm. You had to pass a citizenship test. And these were things that were required of citizens. They weren't sneaking
2: over the border and just assimilating, but they were actually going through the process. So I think the desires of the people were the same, to be able to seek the new world, a new life, a land of of opportunity and all. Um, The early immigrants who came through Ellis Island were doing it in in the manner in which the laws of the land said. uh, As I understand it, though, the dreamers have moms and dads that are seeking the same opportunities. However, instead of going through the process, uh, they 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 want this this immediacy, so they come here illegally and doc, you know just kind of blend in with the with everything that's going on, and then you and then you find that uh, we've got millions of folks that are here illegally. I want to
1: pick up that thought when we come back from this break, and where we are right now, how do we get here? How do we deal with it? And that's the question before us. Mm-hmm. What is the proper way to address the dreamers who are here? These are kids who were brought here. Uh, by their parents through no fault of their own but they came here illegally they've um, largely they're Americans in Mm -hmm. most respects Mm -hmm. except they're not acknowledged as citizens and we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break Hey, Richard Nelson here. Did you know that there's an election coming up? And according to some projections, the turnout is going to be low, somewhere in the low 30th percent range. This means that only about one out of every three eligible voters will get out to the polls to vote this November the 5th. And this is unfortunate on two accounts. First, our freedom depends on our involvement and our vote. Second, it's a really important election. Races for governor, attorney general, and other constitutional offices are on the Kentucky ballot. And the future of our Commonwealth is at stake. To learn more about the candidates, go to CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. That's CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. Inform yourselves about the candidates, then vote your values on Tuesday, November the 5th. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters, this is Richard Nelson with Ron Hicks, and we are talking about immigration policy, in particular the DREAMers. And according to a government statistic from last year, there's just under 700,000 DREAMers in the United States, and these are, again, uh, children who were brought here by their adults illegally. They Mm -hmm. grew up in this country, they went to school, they have gotten jobs in some cases, And the question is, is what to do with the DREAMers? Uh, There was a letter that uh, a group of college administrators sent to Congress. uh, The American Council on Education, 600 members of this American Council on Education, asked Congress to take action and essentially to allow the DREAMers to become citizens. So, Ron, uh, you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, And one of the things I want us to talk about On this issue, is what is the right thing to do? I mean, you're going to hear a couple of different things. You're going to hear about, well, the law should be upheld and the rule of law is at stake. You're going to hear about the idea of borders. We have to have borders and you got to know who's here. And if they come here, they should be here legally. But you're also going to hear about what's the loving thing to do? What is the compassionate thing to do for these kids that through no fault of their own, they got here from their parents? But I want us to go to what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to do, considering all
2: of these different things going on out there? Well, and that's a a tough question because you're you're right. There is a right thing to do. There's a compassionate thing to do. And sometimes those two things don't line up like we want them to line up. Um, You know, do do we say, do I say from the pulpit, hey, it makes no difference what the laws of our land are. If we think in our mind, if our heart feels like it's right— Let's go ahead and ignore the laws of the land and just do what we think is right. Yeah. Well, that that's just a small step away from it doesn't matter what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. If it feels right in our heart, let's mm-hmm. just go ahead and do it. Yeah. So um, so we've got to, we are a nation of laws. We're a people of laws. The Bible actually kind of talks about it. it sets up judges and it sets up. Uh, you know, the systems of, you know, uh, of, of being able to hear cases. We actually, several examples in the Bible of people that peer in before judges. And so, um, and so the Bible does talk about a, a sort of a legal system. Uh, um, God gave Moses, uh, you know, 10 commandments. Here are 10 rules that people yeah. should follow as they yeah. seek righteousness. So do we say to people, it's okay to ignore the laws of the land, Oh, but by the way, make sure you follow the laws of God. Yeah, you know, that's- no, that's
1: a really good point. You know, I talk to people on different sides of this issue, and I see both sides. On one oh, side, there are people who are firm, like, man, if you didn't come here legally, uh, if you, even if your parents took you, you don't belong here. Uh, we're a nation of laws, and the laws must be obeyed. We should know who's here. And I agree with that, with both those things. We are a nation of laws. We should know who's here. And there is a process for coming here legally. Part of this, though, uh, is how did we get here? Well, the reason why is because a lot of business owners cut corners,
2: and they were hiring illegal immigrants because they had yeah. cheap labor. In this so, area in particular, we're an agricultural community, and uh, everybody knows somebody— who has somebody working in, in their farms that are here, um, kind of under the
1: table? That's right. And just so the um, listeners know, we're in far west Kentucky yeah. is where we're recording this program. So we have a lot well, of let's say tobacco. Everybody knows, I, you
2: know, I, yeah, I, no. A
1: so, so a lot of tobacco farming here, uh, which is labor intensive. Yeah. And just down the road from where I live, there are. Uh, Across the road from me, actually, there's a uh, tobacco farm. But down the road, there's a major tobacco operation. And if where, you're
2: not used to hard work, oh, <laughs> you, you it, can't do. Not everybody
1: can do that. But Ron, work. they have two school buses that mm-hmm. were there just weeks ago, and it was all uh, Hispanic laborers. Uh-huh. They probably had eighty of them out in the field, mm-hmm. and they were hand cutting this tobacco and yeah. putting it on racks, and then they were taking it to the barn and hanging it up. And they did that for a couple weeks. Yeah, Very labor intensive. You earn in the, every penny
2: you've got in your pocket. Have you ever cut and hung tobacco?
1: You, you do. Uh, you know, I've talked to farmers who say they can't find American kids to do this work. They just won't do it. It's hard mm-hmm. work. It's demanding. Uh, and they just can't find it. So right. they hire laborers. That, they have these green cards, I guess, H1, A1 visas or something like that. Mm-hmm and they can come here and work for a season, then they go
2: back to their country. And and I would venture to say most, the overwhelming majority of our farmers do it the correct way. But the the, few, you know, in anything, the few spoil. uh, Imagine imagine this, as we're talking about this. Imagine this, Richard. Mm -hmm. Um, You say your your lineage is uh, Germanic. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. so let's say that you discovered all of a sudden that that, uh, your great-grandparents came over Mm -hmm. and, and they never applied for citizenship. It was a a secret that they knew. Uh, your mom and dad didn't know it, and 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 you don't know it. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're applying for a scholarship. You're pro- applying for something, and, and you discover, hey, I'm I'm not here legally. Yeah. And so, and then somebody says to you, okay, yeah, you know, you've lived here most of your adult life. You're 21 years old. You're d- pursuing a higher a degree in higher education, and you're gonna your desires to be a school principal. Yeah. Oh, you've got 30 days. To, yeah. to go back to your home country. Yeah. yeah. This is your home country. Yeah. You know, I don't so, know
1: German. I couldn't speak German. Yeah. I don't know anybody there.
2: I yeah. wouldn't know how to fit in. Absolutely. So I think it, some of the folks are kind
1: of faced with that issue. And I, I think you're exactly right. A lot of these kids were brought here as infants or as two or three or four-year-olds, but they don't know their own country. Mm-hmm. They don't know Mexico or the Central American countries. They don't know the language. They don't have any connection there. All they know is America. And, and even
2: when you say their own country that this is their own country, right. you know, the that's country right. of their, of their forefathers, you know, is, is so, yeah, that's a, so, that's a tough place. So,
1: so this is the reality of it. There's 700,000 dreamers in this country right now. And mm-hmm. many of them are here. In fact, all of them, by definition, they were brought here as children through no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. And in the last segment, I do want us to talk about some solutions to reasonable solutions that will lead towards justice. And when I say that, it will lead towards the right decision, the right yeah. way to deal with yeah. them. Uh, and it's probably going to upset maybe both sides of the right. aisle. And I think one one way a good decision has been explained to me before is when you have a very difficult issue and you're stepping on the toes on both sides of yeah, that issue. Everybody gets a feelings. Everybody's right. offended. You probably come to the right conclusion. Right. That's right. just. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some recommendations or, or solutions to addressing dreamers in this country here mm-hmm. okay. in uh, in just a minute. but. I want us to go to. We got just a couple minutes before yeah. the break to some of the biblical ideas out there to throw to share. One of those, Ron, uh, and and when I say to share, biblical ideas that help to temper our thoughts, right. they guide our conversation. Mm-hmm. One of those is that the Israelites were commanded to treat immigrants and and sojourners with great respect, to to treat them in a loving way. Leviticus nineteen thirty four says this you shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God in Exodus 23, nine, it says this, you shall not oppress a sojourner. You know, the heart of a sojourner for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Those were two Mm -hmm. of many passages that speak of how to treat the alien and the foreigner that's living among them. And, uh, even though we're not ancient Israel, we don't follow
2: the same ceremonial law that they do, there are some principles here. Well, even Jesus said, and when he's talking about in the book of Matthew, separating the sheep from the goat, uh, referring to those people who are his people and those who aren't, mm-hmm. uh, he uses the example of when I was hungry, you fed me. When yeah. I was naked, you clothed me. Yeah. When I was a stranger, you greeted yes. me. Yeah. And, and when they said, when did we do this? When you did this to the least of mine, you did it unto mm-hmm. me. So he actually said when you greet the stranger referring back to that's that's good and i've got to think of the
1: strangers among us are those who are here foreigners those who might have been brought here as children Mm -hmm. by their parents Mm -hmm. and and uh for us as christians to treat them kindly and uh, with love is is imperative and we're going to talk about what that looks like in the next segment so stay tuned we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And we are talking about dreamers. And these are young people who were brought here by their parents uh, illegally through no fault of their own. Uh, And they have gone to school. They have uh, grown up in neighborhoods. They've learned the language. And uh, now there are some people that want to send them back and say, you're not here legally. Therefore, you all ought to go back. There are some who are saying, well, they're here through no fault of their own. Uh, let's just accept them as citizens ignore the laws so, so Ron, yeah. how does that now for somebody that's gone through the proper channel uh family that wants to immigrate here legally mm-hmm. uh, they've gone through the paperwork they've taken the tests and they've gotten that legal citizenship form showing that they're a citizen. Uh, what does it say to them if if there is just acceptance of those who didn't get here legally and compared to the ones who did all the right things and they got here legally.
2: I actually know exactly what they would say. Mm -hmm. I've got some friends that that are living here in the United States. They came from South Sudan, Mm -hmm. the youngest country on the face of the the planet. Um, Tremendous civil war going on for a long, long time. The story of the Lost Boys. If you want to hear their plight, you could just Google Lost Boys. Uh, They came here, uh, husbands came here, um, got work visas, got education visas, went to college, got a job, saved up enough money to be able to send one at a time for their wives and their children and all the rest of that, sometimes waiting years to be able to to accumulate enough wealth to bring them over here, go through the proper channels to be able to get our government, their government to approve it and all the rest of that. And I actually asked them one time, what do you think about the people that just climbed the walls? And they said, well, <clears throat> um, you know, we don't want to risk it uh, because if uh, my wife climbs the walls and we're caught, we're all going to be sent back to this war-torn country. But but also, um, but they're all in the ministry. They say, "How does that glorify God?" You know, we mm-hmm. suffered, we mm-hmm. sacrificed to get them over here, right? So yeah. that for generations we can live here yeah. without looking over our shoulder. The people that just come and everybody says, "Well, just we'll just do it." Then they said, "Either either make that a blanket thing. You know, whoever wants to come, come on, and don't let us wait a tremendous sacrifice yeah. and financial hardship. That just open the borders and let everybody come in, or." do it the way you say you're going to do it you, yeah. you know if it's a case-by-case case example then give me the exception give my sure. family the exception sure so and i'm so hearing a couple things
1: yeah slap in the face yeah. to those who did it the right way but also for these believers these lost boys that you mentioned who uh ended up uh following jesus uh they've got a testimony mm-hmm. on a personal level they did not want to um dishonor god right. so that's why they didn't come here right. illegally mm-hmm. they went through the proper channels. But what about those people who aren't believers? They're they're just coming here. They might not have a relationship with the Lord um, and they um that's not a part of their
2: decision-making process. Well, you know, Richard, I learned a long time ago, lost people act like lost people. And that's not a derogatory statement. When I was lost, I acted lost. Yeah. Um, my my sin was ever before me. There was yeah. I mean people could look at me and say that is not a believer in Jesus Christ um, yeah. Yeah. because none of my conduct, none of my actions. So uh, they have their own moral compass, and, and most of the people who are not yet believers, uh, their mentality, their their thought process, like mine was, is whatever benefits me, whatever I think is right, and and if we allow everybody to do that, we live in a country of how 400 million people, 450 yeah, million people, that, yeah, what if we just let everybody say, look, just whatever it is that you think is right, do it. Yeah. When it comes to driving, when it comes to banking, when it comes to the laws of the land, just whatever you personally think is right. That would be mayhem. That'd be pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to be able to say, okay, if you're if you're not guided in your heart, even though the Bible says the the laws of God are written on the hearts of even nonbelievers, then then the law that you have to follow is the law of the land. Yeah. Um. And and you don't have to believe in God, but you have to believe in the laws of the land, and you have to believe that there's justice and punishment. Yeah. So there are rules. Compassion. There are rules for immigration. Absolutely. And unfortunately, one reason why
1: we're here is because those rules have been broken along the way. It's not just people coming over the border illegally but it's those businesses hiring cheap yes. labor illegally it's the wealthy homeowner that is hiring the uh, the nanny or the mm-hmm. ho- housekeeper cheaply when um, not paying taxes or social security mm-hmm. uh, it's the school systems that have allowed kids in that aren't
2: documented um citizens well whole cities that say look Come on in. We'll be a sanctuary city. It makes yeah. no difference if you're here legally. We'll make sure that the nasty federal government won't come in. I bet you those same those same government officials. I bet they lock their door at night. They probably to do. Keep unwelcome same. visitors from out of their house. Yeah,
1: and they probably have uh, guns to protect themselves as well. So they have their own rules, but when it comes to their city or mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the the national, you know, our national borders, people are willing to relax the rules. So it is important. Here's one principle I think: okay. if there is a law, the law should be followed by everybody yes.
2: across the board. And what if the law is, is bad or is no longer relevant? What what do we do then? What, do we just ignore it, or do we we take t- steps to change it? Right? We we, we we say okay, we've got a judicial system, we've got a Legislative system. Let, let's let's change the law. So here's what I want to I want to move to a okay, little different sure. area. So how could somebody in good
1: conscience uh, kick these young people out? Let's say there's a high school or a college college age person who's lived here their whole life mm-hmm. from birth, essentially until twenty or twenty one or whatever. How could somebody in good conscience kick them out of the country? And that's the, and Ron, I'm looking at you and you got wow. a blank stare on your face. Well, and that's the Let's,
2: tough, that's a tough question. You know, we have amnesty for everything. Yeah. You know, um, as a, as a police chaplain, there's an amnesty box at the police department where mm-hmm. if you have uh, drugs that you shouldn't have, you've got items you shouldn't have, you can drop it into that box. And, and, uh, and you, you know, there's amnesty for that. I, my thinking is, is we just say, okay, we realize we've got a problem. Have an amnesty period. Let's everybody just just let's 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 full transparency. Yeah. How did you get here? How long have you been yeah. here? Let let's uh, let's fast track if you will. You know, and, and I, I like that thinking. So, what about um,
1: additional requirements to be a full U.S. citizen? What because they didn't through no fault of their own. Again, these dreamers mm-hmm. got here and they're here. This is the only country they know. But maybe if you added some extra requirements to become a full citizen, and what I'm talking about is this: what if they did? Four years or eight years of military service, or, or
2: public, just public service. I, I agree with that. I don't think they ought to that'd pay be, fines yeah, or back w- taxes at all, because that yeah. would be a financial hardship that yeah. nobody would be able to. But, but serve your country in a volunteer situation. Um, as dictated by so, by us,
1: some so military service would be one. Sure. Maybe teaching at an inner city, if uh, they're c- uh-huh. if there are college graduate in
2: schools, hospitals, any one of those. Absolutely, so civic, civic volunteerism. Absolutely.
1: So there's some ways that they could gain sure. full citizenship. Sure. You know, in Roman times, by the way, there's a couple ways to become a Roman citizen. One is to be born in Rome. Mm-hmm. The other is to pay for a citizenship, right. and
2: some people paid a big fee uh, to Lord, become a yeah, citizen. Yeah, yeah. So, but and others were it was bestowed on them as an honor if a if of a person served in the Roman uh, army with, with distinction. Uh, the scripture says this, um, when, when it talked about the, the uh, Passover, it, it says the, in Exodus twelve forty eight. the whole congregation of Israel must celebrate the Passover. If a foreigner resides with you and wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover, all the males in the household must be circumcised, which is the religious law of the time, then he may come near to celebrate it, and he shall be like a native of the land. But no uncircumcised man will eat of it. The same law shall apply to both the native and the foreigner who reside among you. Even the Bible says, if you want to be able to participate in the religious ceremonies, mm-hmm. you've got to do it in accordance with the scriptures. That's right. We say you got to do it in accordance with the law of the land. We have to have compassion and understanding. But under the law of the land, so yeah. no, that's a good word. And hey, I wish we had more time to
1: talk about it already. There's we're My done goodness. already.
2: There's so much more to talk about. Maybe we'll have to pick it up another time. Well, Ron, hey, hey, talk to your neighbor and friend across the fence. Yeah. Help us to figure this out.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Hey, God bless you, brother. Thank good you to have better. you on the program.